Hello, educators and friends of educators. Welcome to the After School Talk podcast, where we discuss hot button issues in education and search for possible solutions. A podcast for educators by educators. This podcast is sponsored by The Right Effect. That's R-I-T-E Effect. The Right Effect provides an educational approach with a twist. At The Right Effect, educators learn how to use interventions implemented through school-based extracurricular activities to promote school belonging, academic motivation, and positive school culture. Check out The Right Effect at www.therighteffect.com. Again, that's www.therighteffect.com. And follow him on Instagram at The Right, right Effect. I'm your host, Dr. Dukes, and I'm joined by my co-host and fellow educator, Mr. Dukes. Not only are we married, but we also have a combined 15 years of experience in education. We want to say thank you for listening and please subscribe to our podcast, The After School Talk. You ready? Yes. Hi, Melvin. We talked about this another, <laughs> on another episode. And six. Like, if you going to be the director. I said, are you ready? No, you got to give like five, four. Even if I did, you would know what to say when I started off. Yeah, because we, okay. Um, we, so, y'all know we start off uh episode with just a little bit of small talk. And uh, we just saw the movie It Chapter 2. Is it Chapter 2? Yeah, yeah. It Chapter You don't even know. I don't even like scary movies. And I know the title of it. I guess because I had to pay for it. Um, but As anyway, you should. Whatever. Because it was part of my birthday. Whatever. It Chapter 2. What did you think about it? Okay, so Halloween is my favorite holiday. October is my favorite month. So I am a horror movie fanatic. Um, there is a, a Twitter account and uh, for a blog post called um, Black With No Chaser. And they had a running tweet of what are the top five horror movies, in your opinion. I think I read every single last tweet and I got my life reading all of them because it just brought back so many good movies and the and the picture that he had with it was Candyman. Ugh. Oh, that's just a black movie. No, I wait, hate. okay, wait, let me finish before you <laughs> just destroy my whole feeling. Um so he had Candyman, which Jordan Peele is about to remake with the original character in it. And I'm sure he won't be um I'm just figuring he's gonna be grandfather Candyman. But anyway um, so movies like Candyman, my favorite character is what? Who? I mean, <laughs> who is my favorite? You guys me? Yes. Michael Myers. Michael Myers. I love Michael Myers. And let me explain why I like Michael Myers. So out of all the horror movies, the thing about Michael is he never, until the later, later films, we're not going to count the later ones that ca- that came out. Let's go with the original Halloween movies michael myers never gets upset he never runs and he doesn't say anything yeah he's the scariest man (laughs) on earth so to see a character where you are panicking and freaking out and trying to get out the house or run down the stairs or do whatever he just stands with you and looks at you because in 2.5 seconds he's going to get to where you are and kill you okay so this is my question for michael myers first of all is he is it a real person or is this a 
some kind of spirit or ghost or something like that. That's the part I never figured out about Michael. Like Freddy Krueger, but we know Freddy Krueger is not real. It's in your nightmare. Yeah, it's in your dreams, stuff like that. Right. But is Michael Myers a real person? He's real. So, um, so he can't be killed. Well, see, that's that's why I said the later ones. It was okay. This is ridiculous. He's been hit by a car. He's been stabbed in the head. He's <laughs> and he still magically reappears. Right. The other ones were a little bit more realistic. Um, he, he was, was the of. yeah, because he was the the brother of Jamie Lee Curtis in the movie, and he had some type of issues as a child because he killed. I want to say her parents. We see what we see is him in a in a clown costume with a knife in his hand, just standing there. So fast forward, boom, clown. It now it is starting to become one of the characters I like because he's just creepy. It's yeah, just he sure pure is. creepy. And the graphics in this one, right? He, and th- but the thing is that you liked about it. Now you have to like you have to admit this. When we saw it one with Brian and Chandra, hey Brian, hey Shanty Poo. Um, when we go see it with Brian and Chandra, and then when we went to go see the new one, you liked the fact that it was comedy that was, within yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, I can deal with the the, the <laughs> see. And that's the thing about scary. I'm I'm not scared. First of all, let's he put that out scared. there. I'm not scared. It's just that, really. It's just yeah, for real. It's just um. It still it be on my mind too long. Like scary movies be on my be, mind too it long. It be on my mind. Oh <laughs> um, yeah, that, it's it's just on my mind too long, and I just rather put. But that's why thoughts. you have to wait a minute. I'd rather put happy thoughts in my mind and not scary movies. But I appreciate the comedic side of it, both the first one and um, chapter two. Because the kids and the and especially the goofy character Eddie, they make the movie. It's something about having that break of tension with a random comment or. I don't know. I'm not a film critic, but or, or I should say, like I don't know the the terminology for, it, but it's it's a specific style of horror movie. So you have things like Halloween, the earlier Halloweens, or even Nightmare on Elm Street. There's no comedy thrown in there. It's this is pure to scare you. Um, I would even say, and you know, now we'll tell the audience this about my favorite movies. What's my favorite horror movie as far as like? All of them. Come on, married man. Uh, not Texas Chainsaw Massacre. What's the other guy? <laughs> the little thing that be on the bicycle. The yeah. Bicycle. Oh, the tribe. With the puzzle pieces. <laughs> With the... Saw. That's it. Yeah. That's a creepy dude. Very creepy. But Saw, absolutely. For Valentine's Day, Melvin brought me all of the Saw movies on DVD. The best, the best Valentine's gift ever. I don't think you still top that. Thank God, I ain't got nothing against it. Oh, wait. Now, <laughs> that's not what that like, means. But I like Saw. That's another kind of complicated um, anyway, movie. Point of that small talk. You don't like, don't like all these horror movies? I don't movies. care nothing about these horror movies. Let's hurry up and get through October. And so are we going to go to a haunted house, though, this month? Anyway, point being, It 2 was pretty good. And it was funny at the same time. So if y'all get a chance, go check out It 2. Go watch something good. What? Yeah, I mean, at least it'll keep your attention. Watch Anyway. Um, so going into relationships. relationships. Okay, relationships with school, so it's not that sexy. <laughs> it should not be sexy at all, matter of fact. Um, so when we have been talking about the right effect and the phases of the right effect, we had um advisor training and awareness. We had acceptance, where you um, create a um environment where the students are able to be accepted to the different clubs and organizations and 
create this idea of a student affairs program, but then the crucial part is relationships. So we're looking at the the clubs and organizations are adult led by caring adults who desire to build relationships with members and encourage relationships between the members. So I guess my first question is with this particular topic, uh, why is it so important to build relationships when you're talking about extracurricular activities? Um, you know, for the advisor uh, working with these students, why, why do you feel it's important to build these relationships? I think it's important if we are looking at the extracurricular activity as a tool to create a community at the school and to build a certain culture. So you can't have community and culture without strong relationships. And I think that it should be viewed as a an extended opportunity for teachers to build relationships with students or educators to build relationships with students, even if it's a counselor or um, another position in the building. Because also administrators can absolutely advise clubs, assistant principals, principals. You can even have secretaries who can advise clubs. That that really builds a strong sense of community. If you have a someone who has expertise in the building in chess and you want to start a chess club, that person should be the advisor. But it gives extended opportunity to build relationships. So think about the times that we've had club meetings to talk about things outside of academics without the pressure of we're supposed to be on our pacing guide and we're, we have an assessment to do at the end of the month. It's, it's just pure um, relationship building time within a club member. Um, now, I, I'll say, um, I, <laughs> sorry, I had to get my coffee. Yeah, get your coffee. Yeah. I'm out here all this clanking. Um, <laughs> I'll definitely say it's, it's very important to build relationships, um, just because students can relate to you once you build those relationships. Um, one good thing I had about being a teacher, my, my 10 years of teaching, um, for some reason, I was always able to relate to the to my students for whatever reason. Um, I don't know if they saw me as a big kid or I was a <laughs> father figure to them or a big brother figure or what. But for some reason, most of the time, I was able to relate to um, my students. And not even the ones that came in my classroom, but even ones I saw in the hallway, um, ones that just knew who I was. I knew who they were and never took my class a day in their life. But mm-hmm. it was like, oh, there's a Mr. Dukes. And, you know, I... I that's just one thing I definitely had on my side. And I've I always said, um, I knew it would be time for me to go once I stopped being able to relate to oh, to yeah. my students. That was one thing I always said. And you know but, and let me say to that point, I remember when I was in um when I was in grad school the first time and I, I really wanted to do student activities, I always pictured my career going like this. I'm going to do these student activities until I cannot understand the students anymore. Right. <laughs> so, you know, when uh, you get to the point where I don't, I don't know what you guys enjoy or like, you, you it's just going to happen. That's just going to be common nature. As you get older, you're going to grow distant from um, really understanding just the fun kind of side of teenage life. And I say that I, that's when I would transition up and be okay. I need to be a more administrative <laughs> position, let somebody else, you know, run the fun stuff. Um, I'm, I'm looking at our notes and it says, uh, relationships, building accountability, the importance of training coming before relationships. Building accountability. Um, yeah, what, is, what does that come into play? Relationships can absolutely build accountability. Mm-hmm. So let's go, let's just talk about what we know from our teacher friends. 
one big thing that has been a huge topic, just saw it on Facebook the other day um, with one of my um, friends from college where he was talking about working in the inner city schools and the challenges of student accountability. So I believe that is a tricky situation when you have people who may not recognize the importance of holding the student accountable for their actions and their decisions. My belief is I would rather hold you to the fire <laughs> in high school or, or middle school in these, these young ages than I cannot assist you when you're making decisions out in the world that really can affect you. So if we can take away lunch, not lunchtime, but like you're going to have to do detention. We're going to sit in detention and talk about where you went wrong and skipping school yesterday or something like that versus we've had situations where students are out here uh, committing crimes and going to jail. Like I don't want that to happen to you. So let's, let's put this whole idea of your actions can lead to this in, in, in within the school environment so we can help shape them as citizens. So one thing that happens when you build relationships and you know this happens, it becomes where the student Oh, goodness. It's like they begin to respect you enough that they want to make the decisions to show you that they are they are paying attention to the lessons that you're teaching. Absolutely. absolutely. So it's, it's let's go. Let's let's take it. I look at extracurricular activities on two sides. You have clubs and organizations. You have athletics. So let's look at athletics. There is one key thing that we know in every school that happens. If an athlete does something uh, academically they are falling or behavior wise, who do they they go go tell the coach? coach. Mm -hmm. You go tell the coach. So if the student has that good relationship with the coach, the coach can bring them in, talk to them and uh, come up with a plan of how you need to make things better. And let me say this too, because I think when we talked about this before about in television and film, how athletes get over and they always change the grades for them. I've never seen that. I just shout out to all the coaches at the schools that I've worked in. I've never seen a coach come in and ask for a grade change or um, this is my star player. Man, please. They, <laughs> if you go tell the coaches, we know it was, okay, thank you very much. Just needed to know that. And then that kid would come back the next day. I'm good. I I know because what they love is that sport. They enjoy playing that sport and they respect that coach as a, as a teacher and a mentor. So they know okay, I got to get it together because all of this is for my benefit. It's not to hurt me. So it builds that idea of I I have to be accountable for my actions due to the relationship I'm building with this 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 uh, advisor or teacher or coach. Right. And um, the part I want to add to that is even when we're talking about coaches, I can, I can definitely say uh, the coaches that I've worked with um, during my time in high school and work with athletics, we always looked at our players as being students, athletes, students first, student first. athletes second. Right. And, and the, the same thing should go into um, when you have students participate in different uh, extracurricular activities around the school. And I'm going to just say chess club, because that's, that's what you brought up uh, a while ago. Um, if they are in the chess club, remember that they are student first, and then, you know, they are in the chess club second. But, again, use, use what you can. Um, to kind of mold them and, and help mold their mind and say, okay, I need to do what I need to do at school so that I can participate in right. X, Y, and Z. It creates that connection of academic motivation. Absolutely. So I want to, I got to get 
I'm motivated to do well because it connects to this. Right. And it's and it's the same exact, you know, relationship when you think about like your parents. You know for a fact when you got a good relationship with your parents, you don't want to do anything outside the house that will upset them, make them look bad, or anything disappoint. Like that disappointment. Oh. And now they coming down on you for whatever decisions you made. It's the exact same thing when it comes to, you know, being uh an advisor. And these relationships building accountability. They don't want to upset you. They don't want to do nothing to make the club look bad. They don't want to do nothing to make you look bad. And of course, they don't want to make themselves look bad. But it it forces them to think outside of themselves um, when they are, you know, attached attached to somebody else and have a relationship with, with somebody, somebody else. else. And that's the whole uh, one of the big things about this particular uh, phase of the right effect with with relationship. You want to make them so comfortable with you that it's like, okay, I, I that you know I'm. I look up to them. I want to make sure I'm doing what they want me to do. I'm making them proud. You know, I, I'm not going to get them upset. Or because make them look because you like know that. they have your best interest. Absolutely. It's not a it's not a pressure pressure thing. Right. Like, I have to make all A's because if I don't, Mr. Deuce is not going to like me. And if right. it's not right. that, it's, I, I promise you, I support you and, and whatever you are choosing to do in life. But you got you have to take responsibility for your own actions. That's that. I think that part of it. And for us, it's kind of, especially me, I watched that growing up. So I, I get the concept of um, the advisor being that person um, who be, who was able to build, like I said, an extended relationship with a student. Right. Where it's just not about one plus one, but also team building and leadership skills. All these things that we're learning within the club and organization that really shapes me as a person. That's that's how we get to the point where we have productive citizens, which is so interesting to me because that's a part of the district we're in. That's a part of the motto. So if, you, if you're trying to build a self-sufficient or productive citizens, that's just not all academics. You can't just right. stop at math or science or, or reading. Right. So that's why I think you have some teachers that see a conflict when it comes to the discipline is such an issue because really are we building productive citizens if the discipline is ridiculous? Right. Regardless, if you want to say that it's data-wise that, well, we had less referrals. Did you really? Did you really have less referrals? Think about that. Because if you ask your staff, I'm sure they, they can hand you another 50 that they've been trying to deal with on their own. Right. But or that you don't even want to admit to that it's a problem because yeah, you why uh pushed it under the rug anyway. So we that's the thing we're trying to build those relationships with those students that have that person that they look up to. But in the same breath, you cannot build those relationships if you are not the expertise in what you're doing. So here comes the issue: kids are notorious for seeing right through you. Yeah. So if yeah. we cut, I, I, I they listen through the BS. <laughs> immediately. Through the BS. So if you start something, great example with clubs and organizations, and this is why I love clubs and organizations. This is why I love it. So often the kid is the expert before the advisor is the expert. Okay. So you, this is what you will do. You will say, um, there's a group of students that want to have a, hmm, let me think, let me, Hmm, hip-hop club there are a group of students that want to have a hip-hop club and you go and say okay well let's get a teacher to advise them when those students get in there and realize you know nothing about hip-hop and that you were really voluntold to do it relationship is not going to grow that way right you you're going to have to take the time out yourself hence why the 
uh, advisor training is the first part of the right of it because you're going to have to take the time yourself to build that expertise. And then in the areas that you don't know or you're not well versed, that you're open with your students to say, let's learn about this together and let me see how you, you know, we can learn from each other. Because what's important is that they look at you as a true role uh, not i want to say role model i don't even want to say that because that word is thrown around like it's nothing but just a true person who cares about what we are doing in this club and want wants to make the club even better right and one the one thing i want to add to that is um the the other part about being an advisor is we say uh you should have you should be the expert at it but really truly it's not necessarily that you're an expert at whatever club or organization it is but you should at least have some type of expertise in that area mm-hmm. meaning um you should be able to go deep into a conversation about at least one part of whatever club that is and then maybe also learn from the students for example like the one you just brought up with hip-hop i may not know every single genre or, or every single uh, style of hip-hop there is mm-hmm. but it's, it's one that i'm, I'm gonna know about for mm-hmm. sure now we can kind of feed off each other, and and that's where you know, again really going back to the relationship. That's where those relationships can and will right. uh, be built up uh, from there with the student. Like I'm, I'm learning from you. You learn from me because they appreciate together, that. And it's, and it's good. And we're good to go. We've had several topics where okay, so t- they already know who my favorite rap group is. It's gonna be Outkast mm-hmm. all day, and we can talk about everything Outkast. But then what's beautiful is when a student can come with the artists from their generation mm-hmm. and say, okay, Miss Dudes, compare the two because I look, look what I noticed about right. this song and it's similar to this song. That That's what brings it together. So what we're saying is that you just can't be the person that's just over the club. Right. You can't be the person that just checks the boxes. Right, right, that right. doesn't build relationships with mm-hmm. the students. That That's the issue. And I think that I've seen several people who, even if they weren't, they didn't know it, they wanted to go to find out as much as they could. Right. Um, I definitely had a teacher before. I remember her being over anime club. She knew that her son knew a lot about it. Mm -hmm. So let me go talk to my son and find out as much as I can. Then pull in another student and Mm -hmm. we're going to work together to figure out what our activities will be throughout the school year around this, around anime and boom, we got it. So the kids respected the fact that she is trying to make sure we authentically Mm -hmm. have a club, an anime club, Mm -hmm. not just, well, what y'all want to do? Put it together. Okay, well, I so can't meet with it. y'all on Thursdays and Fridays because I got to leave. So, and then we can only do 10 minute meetings on Monday. Well, ma'am, well, what? Right. <laughs> What's the purpose? But when they see that you really are trying and you pulling together, that's what you want to show. Mm, absolutely. Right. Yeah. So, as we continue, we'll throw in a quick ad as our daughter um, also looks at us from the other room. Also, shout out to our daughter, Shaylin, who. Um, one of our coworkers was saying uh, she needs to hear her voice eventually one day on the podcast, or one day we'll we'll let her say hello or something. I guess. Yeah, not today because she got the bees in the hair and the bees can make more noise than she <laughs> is. But we'll have her on uh, on the next episode. Look, she will click clack <laughs> click clack clack. That's that's what you're gonna hear. Um, so we have several black educators who listen to the podcast, and we want to take a moment to tell them about nostalgia. Nostalgia's goal is to offer contemporary styles infused with black culture enlightening those who don't know and uplifting those who do, incorporating things such as your historic HBCUs or your favorite throwback sitcom. It is clear that nostalgia was sent here from the past to brighten our future. Think of it like this. Nostalgia is a deep breath of fresh air. It is the confidence you feel wearing a shirt that means more than clothing. It means more than clothing. Repeat again. It means more than clothing. Head over to Nostalgia.com. That's N-S-T-Y 
L-E-G-I-A.com and type in the code EDUCATOR to get 20% off your next order. Again, that's N-S-T-Y-L-E-G-I-A.com. You like how I spelled that and did a dance with it? It was um, right. It was um, right. Also, hey, just a side note. Something just came through on my phone. It was really dope. Um, Somebody just tweeted. Oh, it's not just somebody. Okay, I'm going to explain who it is. But I'm going to say what they said. They said, enjoy the podcast. Great to hear from enthusiastic educators that share similar perspectives. Although we come from far different regions of the continent. Keep up the great work. Um, And that was from Mr. I think it's Shani. Shani. It's Mm C-H-E-N-E-Y. They have a podcast called The Staff Room. Mm -hmm. And... They also did an episode about Brad Johnson and tweeted us the other day like, oh, Ooh, we did a, yeah, I know, right? I was like, hey, hey, y'all, who, who y'all? Okay. But then I looked further and realized they are in Ontario, Canada. Oh, our podcast <laughs> reaching Ontario, podcast reaching Ontario. So, um, so I think it's, um, oh, goodness, let me look, hold on. I want to say it right. I don't want to mess it up. It's um going global with the podcast. Oh, global, boom! Global with the podcast. I know it's Chef, Chef, no Shay and and Pav. Shay and Pav are the two people, and they both are middle school teachers. And it's the Staff Room Podcast. Well, give them a shout out. What they? Spell oh, they, okay. So their um Twitter is go back up at Staff Podcast. So at Staff S T A F F Podcast. So yeah, definitely go follow them, check them out. Um, they also have an episode about extracurricular activities that I want to. I was trying to listen to last night, but your um, daughter wanted to talk to me about the moon and the stars and uh, if helicopters have headlights like cars. Mm. So mm. we didn't get quite. <laughs> I didn't quite get through all of it. So I'm gonna listen to it again so I can hear. But um, I'm definitely, I definitely want to listen to theirs and then us do maybe like a piggyback off of their part that that episode to, to talk about extracurricular activities they were saying how they were getting into the season of getting their extracurricular activities ready mm-hmm. and how on um, one of them uh, is a volleyball coach so yeah shout out to them that was a good little little tweet that came through right okay so back to the relationships so we can sum all this up and then you guys can go about your day or send us some tweets and let us know what you're thinking yeah. oh yeah Okay, so when we talk about relationships, right, mm-hmm. I saw a tweet that I wanted to share on the podcast because it got me thinking about things, but it more so got me thinking about how people think too much mm-hmm. or too deep. So this educator was saying that um, she got into an argument with a fellow coworker who's also a teacher about fact that you should not refer to yourself as the mom or the dad of a student because that's blurred lines in in your relationships and that um it also is a symbol of the erasure 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 of the parent of the real parent so um i retweeted basically saying stop overthinking like <laughs> you you're thinking way too deep like wait a minute and and i immediately thought about us being at schools together we work as a we work as co-workers but you know students knew we were married and at our first school there were other couples there it was probably about three or four 
of a couples there. So the students actually had an opportunity one to see married people. Sometimes they don't. They've never seen a married couple function together. Mm-hmm. So it does get this idea of look at mom and dad mm-hmm. over there together. And it, it also helps that our last name is Duke. So my Dukes becomes a very easy name for them to, <laughs> to call yeah, me, yeah. right? But then the other end of it was this. Every child in there does not have a parent that they, a biological parent or even, even a foster parent that they go home to. Like we have students who have looked me in my face and said, Miss Deuce, I will never know who my father is. My mother does not know who my father is. This is this is not going to happen. So when I then hear them refer to you as pops, that's that's big. That's that's a that's a big deal for them because there is no pops at home. This is my pops. This is the person I call on Father's Day, which you get tons of phone calls on Father's Day. Yet you only have one child. So I was just thinking, you know, you tell me what you think. Because I was like. Lady, wait, you going too deep. <laughs> well, it definitely uh, uh, goes along with what you say about thinking too deep. Um, Like you say, a lot of times, these kids don't have the, you know, mother or father figure, one of, one of you know, one of them or both in the household. And it's, it's not even a uh, something that we put on ourselves. Like, I'm going to go out here and be somebody's mom at the school or be somebody's dad at the school. Mm. These are t- titles that the kids have given up. So this is not not nothing that I said. You know, I'm. I'm and they will argue with each other about who who's who, mama. Yep, that's because yep, she yep. was my mama first. Because yep. you just got this. Girl. Exactly. Wait a minute. Exactly. And, and now they run around school telling them, "Oh, that's that's the brother, that's the sister." Oh yes. Mom, mom, dad over there, and all that. <laughs> but again, this these are not titles that we gave ourselves. These are titles that the kids have literally said. Like that's that's my dude. That's pops over there. Or, I look at Mr. Dude like a father figure. I look at Mr. Dude like a mother figure. All that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And then you have certain kids that I, we watch. They will call one of our co-workers mom. So therefore, we become auntie and uncle. Because they'll tell us, y'all y'all like brother and sister. So you auntie and you uncle. Mm-hmm. And then this mama. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> because really and truthfully, again, like we said with the right effect, it's about building community. Mm-hmm. You Who wouldn't want kids to come to school and feel like these are... These are these are caring adults. I look at them as parents. And I've had so many parents say to me, they're thankful that they know there's somebody in the building right, that's right. thinking like a parent for my child, not just I'm the teacher, I give you grades and that's or it. Or they might they might come to the school and say, Miss Dues or Miss Dues, you don't know how many times I hear your name at my house. <laughs> so you know we get this. Oh, so you missed oh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear your name all the time around the house. I'm not looking at it like, you know, I, that's what I try to do. I'm trying to be no. the household name. All kinds, that ain't even what it is. Mm-hmm. It just goes back to building relationships. But this brings up my question. Why do you think that teacher had such a big issue with, I guess, the other teacher being called school mom or whatever? Okay. Now, just off the top, I was thinking, that sounds like a jealous spirit. Okay. Um, because everybody does not want their child to look towards to somebody else as a parental figure. Mm-hmm. But I I would prefer to have me personally uh, um, the mentality of it takes a village. Okay, yeah. yeah That's yeah. the mentality I like. So it, for my daughter at the school she has, the school she's been at to know that there's somebody in the building that I personally know makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. So when, when you get a phone call from a teacher in the building who knows your child that says, hey, she said her stomach hurt. I just want to let you know, um, 
it's in the um we I went to the bathroom with her, make sure she's okay, or um, you know, gave her some something personal. You feel more personally connected. And I think some people will look at it as, well, you trying to replace the mother. No, is think about the families who have stepmoms. It's some of those people have a beautiful blended family because it's more love to to show around to the person. As one person actually tweeted to her, she said, "These people are just trying to show that they're caring adults." And right. they, and what they're not going to do is look at the student and say, no, 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 don't, don't call me your mom. I'm your teacher. Oh, okay. So what does that mean? <laughs> like, what, the word, the words really can be interchangeable. Or you could not use words at all, but I still got the same feeling. Right. Like, I, I'm still looking at you as a mother figure, father figure, but I'm just not going to say it because that teacher would upset. But, but you say it doesn't come from a jealous place. My thought was. Maybe you feeling guilty because you dropped the ball as a mother yourself. Oh wow! Like you, you, <laughs> you don't, you don't want somebody else to be called school mom because your child might be going to school calling somebody else school mom, and and they might really be thinking about you like yeah because my real mom don't necessarily mm. do X Y and Z. So mm. you know, is it coming from a jealous spirit or is it, or is it coming from a, a guilty place? Like I yeah I. I yeah, I feel I kind of bad because yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not bad. putting the same effort right. as another person. But I know for a fact I mm-hmm. dropped the ball at home, and she probably calling somebody's school mom at her at her right. school, and I, I ain't doing what I'm supposed. To, so you know mm-hmm. that that's my my whole thought on it, what, which is it crazy, and it's it's interesting too because <laughs> I think back um going to Immaculate Conception, little private school. Mm-hmm. Don't you say nothing bad about my school. Mm-hmm. I felt it coming. I felt it. I mean, um, but. Uh, the teacher that we had there, Miss Walters, was like a mom to everyone. Now, my mother is great. She is the Claire Huxtable in my life. Mm-hmm. But that, that was just the person that, well, my, my mom is at work right now, so it feels good to have somebody else I can look to <laughs> as a mother. It's, it's, like I said, it's not an erasure. That was just a harsh term. And it, it, and, and, and the thing was, I saw other educators that, that were thinking, hmm, maybe I need to rethink. No, no, you don't need to rethink. You need to be there. Because you you will be surprised, like we said the uh, before, where a student uh, stopped us at church the other Sunday to talk about the impact we had in his life, and I would have never right. known that. Right, right. When he's saying it, I'm sitting here like, "What are you talking? We did we did something? <laughs> because you don't know. You just you just you just never know what a student is going through, what nope. they're thinking, and stuff like that. Because you know, we honestly might look we look at a student like, okay, they got things together. Yeah, he's they good. know what they're doing after they graduate. Mm-hmm. You know, they know what school they're going to. Boom, 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 boom. But then in having a conversation, it was like, okay, things weren't the absolute best, and I appreciate everything y'all did, and you know, and all this kind of stuff. And now we looking like, wow, <laughs> when 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 what? people say. Uh, you know, just keep doing your thing because you'll never know who who watching. That was a prime example. We never ever thought this particular student was right. watching like that because we thought they had it together. Yeah. But going back to um the mother figure and stuff like that, uh, I just want to shout out my mother figure growing up um in school. My third grade teacher was Mary Jenny <laughs> Jamestown Elementary. That was Lord. My, that he was is smiling. You are smiling figure. so hard yes, right now. <laughs> your eyes goodness. are closed. Miss Jennings, that was my Miss Jennings. Miss Jennings. Mary Jennings. So, if, if any of my Jamestown Elementary School um, uh, people hear this, Miss Mary Jennings. Y'all, I, I hope y'all remember her, but that was my mother figure. Matter of fact, she I, she taught me in third grade, but I think I kept in touch with her through high school, through college. A little bit after that, we've kind of um, fallen off 
in recent years, but I definitely kept her for a long, 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 long time. So shout out to Miss Mary Jenkins. Shout out, shout oh, out, shout out. If, I had, if I had a mother figure, you know what I realized? I never had a father figure teacher. Woo. Uh, Which made me realize very few males. Oh, well, yeah, they, that's always been said anyway. They're yeah, I just had a moment. We're talking, we'll put that, put that on the docket for later. But my mother figure was definitely Miss Walters, Miss Vanessa Walters at um, Immaculate Conception because I'm, I think I can pull this together because of how I want to word it. There were so many moments where she shut the class down. Where it was something silly we were doing, or somebody was mad about something with another person in the class, and she would, boom, like hit the book on the desk and start yelling at us, and we all, and it was that moment like we just, oh, we disappointed her. We was that's all she was trying to do was teach us a lesson. We weren't listening, you know. Where she was just that mother figure, but at the same time, you went to her and you needed a band aid, or your stomach was hurting, or. You were excited about something. She was right there. It was just that's what she did. So it's it's oh, and I gotta say one more person. One more person who one day I'm going to find her. I promise you. Okay, so let me explain. For all those who are listening, we black, if you can't tell. <laughs> um, and I had an eighth grade teacher, Miss McLeod. So all of my magazine session people, you know who Miss McLeod is. Miss McLeod it was our eighth grade teacher who at the end of the school year would invite us to her house to have a little eighth grade social. Okay, I went to the neighborhood to try to just dr- like drive through to see where her house was. Yeah, see how your face looking? <laughs> you got think, little black girl. Story. I don't know what <laughs> because I wanted to find her. I was like, wait, I have not seen this before. <laughs> hey, I'm not a creep. Crazy. I wanted to find her, but then I felt kind of like, okay, we this ain't a we're not in a good place. In America right now, for the little black girl be driving around in the white neighborhood. Look, see, I called it a white neighborhood. Like, my parents don't live a few blocks now. But I just got nervous. So I said, I'm going to really look up her address if I, <laughs> and find her. But she was another one where she just loved us. You you could tell she loved working at that school. It wasn't, it was just pure in her heart to be there. Because I really, there were a few teachers we had that I knew you could have gone on and worked public school and been, you know, a principal now or go to be the superintendent but i really felt like she just loved being at our school so she was another one that was like mom so we have a lot of those so don't be afraid to be a school mom or a school dad right that's that's how i take on it do your thing right do your thing be do that you help figure. these be kids that father figure help the kids out my kids no i hey i be i ready to snatch them up too let somebody come tell me you did something wrong hmm sir <laughs> but um please go follow us on uh, or subscribe to our webpage the right effect that's r-i-t-e effect you can just subscribe there if you want to follow me on twitter i'm at dr s dukes on twitter um also i had one of our former students to find me on there i know that meant, means that that means she listened to the podcast good stuff i guess just, I guess I am, I'm not gonna say her name right now. I'm gonna send her a text message to let her know to listen to this and say I know this was you following me. She was one of the ones that, um, you know what though? I'll say this about her, and I am gonna say her name, Erica. Uh, during when I was going through grad school and trying to get my stuff done, I remember one day in my office I had a panic attack, a whole panic attack, because I got an email from a professor about stuff I needed to turn in, and she was the 
I just thank God she just happened to be in the office. Because <laughs> she, all right, okay, wait a minute. Just calm down, breathe. And she went through the, like, it's okay. So it, we called another coworker down there to help me. So my students are, right. they don't know. They were a bigger blessing to me than I probably ever was to them. So uh, with that being said, subscribe to the podcast. We hope you like this episode. We're going to keep this relationship topics going for a little while because um, we want to expand upon them. To all of my Payne College family, we're going to talk about uh, me being the daughter of a basketball coach and the relationships I saw him build. Uh, Mr. Dukes being the son of the duke sizer <laughs> who, who has taught math in our county for forever. Oh, the original Mama Dukes. The authentic who taught both of us. So we are going to get into those topics in the next episode. So please check those out. Adios.